you've survived another week. Thank you for listening, downloading, and subscribing to the Urban Shooter Podcast. This week, I'm going to table my adventures. This seemed like a world tour. I spoke at the NRA News. I was at CPAC. Talked to some cool kids. Visited Virginia Commonwealth in Richmond, Virginia. Was on Channel 9 News locally. And as a result, probably going to be leaving the church soon. Yeah. We speak to Bobby Ross out in California. I give you an update about the American Gun Owner Project. And I got some kudos. All this and more. Coming up next. Oh, yeah. And Barbara gives us an update from Annie Vanola, who shares her news from Colorado. And I'm flying high right now. Like an eagle. talks about guns, comedy, with inspiration, the music of America, news, interviews, and more. Hi, I'm Ken Blanchard, pastor, author, gun rights activist, former U.S. Marine, former U.S. Federal Police Officer, and firearms trainer. Welcome to the Urban Shooter Podcast. I want to fly like an eagle to the sea. Fly like an eagle, let my spirit carry me. I want to fly like an eagle till I'm free. Fly through the revolution. Time keeps on slipping, slipping, slipping into the future. Time keeps on slipping, slipping, slipping. Into the future. How about we get started with the Pledge of Allegiance, and then we'll get on with episode number 313 of your favorite Righteous Podcast. 
I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America and to the republic for which it stands, one nation, under God, indivisible, with liberty and justice for all. This show is sponsored by CrossbreedHolsters.com, TopGunReview.com, and NovaArmament.com. What a week, what a week. I call this the World Tour podcast only because... I've done more speaking in the last seven days than I probably have all of 2012. When the producer of Cam and Company called to see if I was available, I said, yeah. I didn't really care where it was. I love those guys. The folks that hang out with Cam Edwards is the kind of guys you want to share adult beverage with, talk family, dogs, and uh, gun politics with all day long. But this time, it was at the 2013 CPAC. Just so happens that it was in my neighborhood, and I got a chance to go check it out. It was at the National Harbor in Maryland. It's a huge pot of land that was redeveloped and terraformed like a forbidden planet of what used to be the woods and farms in a drug-infested part of Maryland. Now it's a cozy little spot on the Potomac River, and it's pretty jazzy. It's like the Reston Town Center on the river. You can see the uh, Woodrow Wilson Bridge from it. It's kind of sweet, actually. The CPAC event was in the prestigious Gaylord Hotel. I hate that name. I didn't know about CPAC until then. Truth is, I've never been or invited to a Republican event. And my first impression was, wow, what a circus. There were thousands of people there. There were rows of media unlike anything I've ever seen. Everybody was streaming something. It was booths for this and booths for that. Tea party folks running around. And despite the rhetoric, it was not really diverse. Those not of the same ethnic group were either law enforcement or Tea Party people. And I say that because they had buttons that said just that. And I overheard somebody say, women run the Tea Party now. And I thought to myself, good, then maybe it has a chance of succeeding. I got a chance to be on camera twice, actually, for the NRA News. And the first time was about three minutes. I forgot to do something newsworthy, though. I was just so glad to be in the presence of friends. They stuck me on the camera and said, hey, Ken, how you doing? And then I was just chatting with my man. So I apologize if you saw that and went, yeah, he didn't say nothing really. But luckily, I got a do-over. I took a break, strolled around the uh, hotel, and people watched me. And they would go, hey, Alan West is over there. Dr. Ben Carson is over there. Or some black guy, some black guy somewhere. They would kind of like point it out like, Make sure you go check him out. I was in Forrest Gump mode all over again. Just kind of going through life, not really knowing what purpose or whatever I'm doing. But I ran into a sweet but a congressman hopeful by the name of Paul McKinley. And I always seem to get along with folks from the loudest state in America. What state is that? Illinois. I hope this guy gets elected, actually. He'd be kind of fun to hang around with. He allowed me to stick a camera in his face, and he went for it. And there is a, a YouTube video. It says McKinley for Congress, if you look on my YouTube channel. And it's also on the show notes for blackmanwithagun.com. His friends were, like, oblivious that I was trying to accomplish something, and they just kept chattering. But there it is. 
he was kind of like fired up. So by the time I got back to the NRA set, I was kind of channeling some of his energy. And uh, the second video on NRA News was a lot better. You know, I'm not too sure about that GOP thing, even though I'm a registered member. I joined the party after learning about my hero, Frederick Douglass, was one. I heard it, Reverend Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. was one too, but folks don't want to talk about that piece of history too loud. And I think for sure Dr. Ben Carson is one. And uh, you can tell by all the hype and uh, hate he's getting. If I were more political, then maybe I might have been invited. I could have been more involved in that CPAC thing. But then I wouldn't be me then, would I? Probably not. Also this week, um, Channel 9, USA 9, local channel, did a follow-up interview with me. They came to the church, recorded for two hours, um, asked me to take them to the range, bought me some ammo. I got a chance to try out a new range, uh, a new pistol, and some new ammo. How good is that? All on camera. And uh, my Glock works pretty good. Yeah, I just got to line up my, uh, my laser sight because that thing was off like nobody's business. And it was like two hours there. And then we had a little interview about some gun rights stuff. But a backdrop of the church, told a little story about myself, about two minutes, 30 seconds, and the church went nuts. Yeah, they did. But despite, you know, the hostility and uh, the frowning faces. It just helped me to push on to my next uh, next ministry and next endeavor. So I resigned just the other night after Bible study, giving them a few weeks and uh, moving on. It's been a tough thing, but uh, the family is elated, actually. It's been rough for them. This isn't your average church. If you haven't seen the video, it's called, um, I took it and bootlegged it. It's Pastor Ken Blanchard. It's on YouTube. Check that out. Actually, the wife thought it was great. A few friends called and emailed me and said they liked it too. So except for the people who I'm trying to make sure don't end up in hell, it was a success. Right about now, I feel like uh, Kermit the Frog, and it isn't easy being green or trying to be free. I took a ride down to Richmond, Virginia, and spoke to the Virginia Commonwealth University African-American cultural class and the community that met at some little community center out in Churchill, right around the corner from the university. And the professor of African-American culture wanted the people to know about black history as it relates to gun control and about the Second Amendment. Everybody's been talking about it, but you know, it has actually missed a few people, like a lot of people. As for as much as you know about the Second Amendment, for as much as you know about firearms and safety and rifles and pistols and shotguns and self-defense and all that, you know, there's a huge population that doesn't have a clue. 
Well, I met about 70 of them. And they were on fire wanting to know about the knowledge. The night started off uh, with a a movie about the life of Robert F. Williams. He's the author of Negroes with Guns. It was written the year I was born. And I took the name from my book, Black Man with a Gun, from that one, seeing how nobody had touched it since 1968. Yep. It was an awesome night. Um, We went through everything. Try to put like 20 years of history, life experiences into, oh, about an hour. And I do believe there'll be a new chapter of a gun club starting in Richmond soon. So I think I have a, I got some work cut out for me if I want to go on a world tour for real. I spread low love, a right to keep and bear arms in the communities that don't know about it. Turned out really well. And I got a chance to stay in a hotel by the name of the Jefferson. The thing was like palatial. Yeah, unbelievable. I felt like a hillbilly in that place. But it's surrounded by, it's right in the middle of the city of Richmond. And you go like two blocks and you're in the hood. Interesting place. First thing on a Monday morning, I rode up to uh, the 4-H Center in Maryland and got a chance to speak to uh, the BBYO Panim Institute. It's a nonprofit organization that uh, educates, inspires, and empowers Jewish, Jewish youth. And they come from all over the country. And I was in a debate, this is my second time doing it, with a young brother from the childrensdefense.org group. From North Carolina, sharp guy. He didn't look much older than the teens we were talking to, so I thought he had a nice little advantage there. But uh, I don't think he, he he won that battle. He whipped out about six pages of stats from the Brady campaign, quotes from who knows where, and research to support his little stance, you know, that gun control worked. I did like the guy, though. Got to tell you that. Nice guy. And the teens that I met afterwards were from all over, like St. Louis and Pennsylvania, New York, New Jersey, and Florida. And knowing I only had like a few minutes to make a lasting impression, I kept my stats that I had gleaned from gunfacts.info to a minimum. If you want some really good info, check that out, gunfacts.info. You can download a PDF, and it's just loaded with stuff that you can use to make your speeches, um, put stuff on your site. So I figured I was in the presence of uh, future leaders. So it was important to me as lobbying to a senator. I decided to make them laugh, to share my experiences, my knowledge, and kind of dispel some of the some of the myths that they're going to hear. You know, I know this guy was throwing stuff about schools and guns and all that stuff. And I was watching their faces. They were like melting. He was, he was killing them. He was boring them to tears. So I tried to flip that thing immediately and, uh, I defined violence. I told them that there is no such thing as gun violence, just violence. I talked about military-style rifles and assault weapons, how the terminology, how almost every firearm was a military gun at one time, just maybe not this decade, this century, but they all were, so get off of that one. And then people who come back, the veterans, 
they use the gun they're familiar with. They modify, they update it, and they use it for hunting, for self-protection. It's no more dangerous than anything else. I told about my grandmother and the myth about having a gun in the house with all us crazy grandkids and no accidents. Just blew that little argument about that gun in the home thing. I talked about the training that I had for my own kids and what it did for them and how good my daughter is as a shot. And then I went on a limb. There was a whole bunch of young ladies in there. And I said, how many people like shoes? And you could almost hear the screams. And I said, well, that's kind of how it is with guns. Once you buy one and you buy another and you try it on and it doesn't work or it doesn't fit as good as what you thought, you're kind of stuck with it. So you end up with more than one gun and you like it. So you kind of keep it. And that's how people end up with so-called arsenals. It's not really. It's just you just can't throw these things out or give them away. So they were like, oh, okay. And then I talked about Hollywood and how movies and video games like Ratchet and Clank make some outrageous stuff. And they identify with that. I mean, I knew a couple of guns that were used in a couple of video games, really fantasy ones. And I had them, I had them laughing in the aisles because they didn't think an old head like me would know anything about video games. And then I talked about Newtown and how tragedy isn't new. And I mixed in a whole bunch of references to stuff that I thought they could relate to. I told them about my BFF, Rabbi David Ben-Dori, the gun rabbi. And basically we just connected from there. And the best things I heard afterwards were worth the price of tea. You've given me clarity. Mr. Blanchard, I was anti-gun before I met you, but now I understand. And you answered some questions nobody else has about this. Thank you. Now I get it. Man, that was some good stuff. Best investment of my time. So, to all my young brothers and sisters from the Panim Institute, have a good Passover, my friends. All right, and uh, just, just past Tuesday, just a few days ago, I took a drive up to northern Jersey and got a chance to meet some Urban Shooter listeners from way up north. It was kind of cool. Got a chance to shake my man Joe's hand and met Alex and Oscar and Frank and Ed and Larry, Tom, Pastor Shannon. And Nick, man, you talked my ear off that night. It's kind of cool, though. Thank you, guys. We were up there with um, a group called The Last Civil Right and Frank Jack. Fimia Mingo from the New Jersey Second Amendment Society put it all together and he wanted to show a different face to the gun rights movement. So he had um, Carol Lee Adams, Kulumi Stevens, Babette Holder, and Alex Rubio and myself on a panel at the VFW in Kenilworth, New Jersey. And if I butchered somebody's name, Please forgive me. But Frank did it up. And actually, episode number 314, I'm going to give you just the audio from that. I had one little recorder sitting on the desk, and it's an hour and 40 minutes of it. So if you want to be a part of that, this episode, I have a part two. So 314 is all that event. How about that? And all of this stuff started off with a celebration. 
the American Gun Owner Project was fully funded. We got the two grand plus, and um, I'm waiting for Amazon.com to uh, release the money so I can send out the books, order the T-shirts for all of you lovely people that help support me. Um, I got my video editor chopping a couple of videos together to get us started. Um, hopefully, just in a few more weeks, in April will be the debut of the American Gun Owner Show. Uh, we'll see what it looks like. I'm I'm a little scared. I mean, I, I kind of built this thing up so big. What if it sucks? Hey, I can say that. I keep it real here. You know that, right? I just try my best. I do all I can do. I did find out, though, that um, I work 10 times harder and that I love to speak. I mean, I started off in 90s wanting to be a professional speaker. I guess I never stopped. Now, I've spoken all over the country, advertisements, commercials, voiceovers, and I've been doing everything for free. Well, that all stopped this year because Blanchard Media Group can't exist for free. And the wife is shaking her head right now. That's right. So all speaking engagements, I got a fee now. And if you need me for something, I'm there, but I got to charge you because I got a son in college and I like to keep my house. So I think that's about it for the world tour. Visited CPAC, met a guy named Paul McKinley running for Congress out of Chicago. Um, the BBYO organization at the 4-H Center with the kids is on Channel 9 News. Got a bootleg copy on YouTube about that one. The issue that got me basically thrown out the church. New Jersey Second Amendment Society, episode number 314. is going to be that whole program, audio for you. Uh, American Gun Owner Project is funded. It will happen. It's on the way. It's in a process. And I spoke in Richmond, Virginia to a community group and the VCU about the right to keep and bear arms was well received and look forward to some stuff happening in the future. I'm about tired, but I'm going to keep on flying like an eagle until we're free. And Barbara is up next. Hey, Barb. Hey, Urban Shooter. Today I'm on the phone with Ann Vanola, outdoor writer with a very popular blog on skinnymoose.com called Annie Got Her Gun. Ann is not only a fine writer, she also is a Second Amendment activist in the state of Colorado, which, as many of the listeners know, is a hotbed right now for anti gun laws. Hey, Ann, welcome to Urban Shooter. Hey, Barb, how are you doing today? Just peachy. So first of all, why don't you tell our listeners about your background, Anne? Well, my background. Um, I am an outdoor writer and have been for several years. Um, I'm a hunter, a recreational shooter, political activist, and I'm especially passionate about our Second Amendment rights. Um, I'm really involved in the entire political process, but here especially in Colorado. Um, My husband, Jerry, and I... Uh, we've owned the Colorado Institute of Taxidermy Training in Big Timber South Taxidermy Studio for many years, and uh, he's quite a gifted wildlife artist. Uh, he's got a pretty good national following, and uh, shooting hunting has been part of our lives uh, for forever, and uh, each one of our kids also um, have been uh, shooters and hunters and all of that. 
well, and that's the reason I think that you're so involved out there, isn't it? Because of your children, now your grandchildren, other people's children, the legacy. Why don't you tell us what is going on out there in the state legislature this year? <laughs> I think it's a little crazy. Mm-hmm. Um, um, you know, I think with all of the shootings in the last few years, you know, here in Colorado we had, you know, Aurora and the, the theater and then uh, – you know, Newtown, Connecticut, with all those precious babies being murdered, um, people are really scrambling to figure out what to do about. Um, no one wants, nobody wants these these uh, horrible events to continue, and the gun ban issues are cropping up with all of that sentiment being directed at keeping the hands out of, or you know, keeping guns out of the hands of criminals. Right, or the hands out of cr- guns. <laughs> and that, <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, I th- I think uh, I think you know definitely nationally and you know uh, Colorado and nationally much of the the debate is kind of a knee jerk reaction to that but I think it also is a bit misguided and and what's really happening is you know law abiding citizens are are being harmed by these laws. Um, yes. Yeah. Yes. So it's, it's really hard. Well, I know you're passionate about 4-H and the shooting sports and also other competition sports. What, what's going on with those sports? How have they been influenced by some of the new laws that have just recently been passed and I guess signed today by your governor? Yeah, yeah, that was fabulous. Um, there was, it started out with seven anti-gun bills, um, and they were fiercely debated in both the House and the Senate, and, mm-hmm. and all of them negatively affected you know, law-abiding abiding citizens. Uh, two of them were killed, and, um, but yeah, he, he signed, uh, our governor signed the, the other five uh, that will go into effect uh, July 1st, I believe. Mm-hmm. Um, when when we had a, a, one of our 4-H shooting coaches came over to the house, and we, my husband and I were talking with him, and we realized that nobody was mentioning in the debates, um, you know, uh, on the House floor or the Senate floor, that the shooting sports, the 4-Hers, you know, and the, you know, the Olympians and all the other people that um, are going to be affected by this here in Colorado. Um, so... Yeah, they they had been completely left out of the conversation. So we quickly wrote up testimony, and um, two of my kids did also. And uh, we sent it to Senator Kevin Grantham, and uh, he graciously read it on the floor um, of the Senate hearing for one of the bills. And it it really helped to bring the 4-H kids and these shooting sports you know groups into the into the into the talking points. So right. Well, what, what exactly, if you could just name a few things, a few problems with the bills and how it will affect children in shooting sports. Okay. Well, there's over 103,000 4-Hers in Colorado, and mm-hmm. um, our shooting sports enrollment is second only to Texas, which and I think there's over 4,000 kids enrolled in, in shooting sports um, just in 4-H. Um, mm-hmm. One of the bills was House Bill 1224, and it was it's the one where it prohibits extra-large capacity ammunition magazines. Um, the problem for you know the, the kids and the citizens was that most of the popular guns used for hunting and sports shooting all fell under the under the axe. So um, that was a, a real problem. Um, part of the terminology and what people don't realize is that. Um, 
it, it was worded to say anything that can be readily converted to accept more than 15 rounds of ammunition or more than eight shotgun shells. Well, readily converted means a whole huge number of mm -hmm. firearms, and, and uh, those are you know commonly used in 4-H and in all sport shooting disciplines. So you know, that's going to hit us uh, in a lot of ways uh, fiscally um, because it's driving business out of Colorado. And, right. and uh, so that was, that was a real hard one. Um, the, the other one, well, they all heard us, but um, House Bill 1229 also um, discuss, discusses um, private firearm transfers and uh, the fact that people will need background checks. And okay. it, that sounds kind of okay on the outside, but when you talk about transfers and uh, that's a whole different um whole different ball game than just mere sales and what it means to 4-h kids for it one thing that it means to 4-h kids is that they won't be able to use club owned guns so a lot of kids are you know don't have the money to buy their own guns so they borrow guns from the club and they check them out and they use them for a year and then they check them back in and well this mm -hmm. will this will ruin that um, or if you know if little Susie wants to try out shotgun shooting and she wants to borrow a shotgun from an older member who grew out of it, um, she has to have a background check, and then she can only borrow it for 72 hours. And if she has it for 73 hours, well, little Susie is now breaking the law. And mm -hmm. um, then if the other kid wants it back, that kid has to get a background check too. So it, it, there's just so much garbage in the middle of these bills that it it really doesn't. You know, it doesn't do anything to harm the criminals, but it certainly does a lot to harm, you know, law-abiding kids. So it's throwing yeah. down a lot of roadblocks to gun ownership and enjoyment of the shooting sports, isn't it? Yeah, it absolutely is. It's it's mm -hmm. very very well, sad. Well, is there anything that you can think of that the listeners can do to help your cause out there in Colorado? Um, you know, I think well, we're definitely going to be um, you know mounting a major campaign um, effort to. Um, you know, take back the House and Senate so we can get some, some, um, you know, reasoning going on um, that makes sense for gun right. ownership. Um, and we're also going to be, um, you know, working really hard um, nationally. You know, we need to send a message back nationally that we need to push back um, against these really ridiculous laws, you know. Um, but you know, people really need to get educated, and involved in what's going on in their own state too. That's true. Uh, we never thought it would happen here, but it sure did. And you know, this is Colorado, sportsman's paradise. You know, everybody, you know, the cowboy is kind of what happens back east. People think of, and and here we are, you know, being strapped without, uh, with you know, our guns are being taken away. Um, so people really need to get involved in their own state, um, be educated of what's going on. You know, there's a big one. You know, I, th I think, unfortunately, our, our freedom and our rights are being stripped away for us. And it's up to, you know, God-fearing patriots to um, get busy and, and be active. Um, yes. So yes people, people, don't you think? I yeah. do. I agree with you. So if... We have like-minded, God-fearing patriots out there in the urban shooter crowd, and they want to get in touch with you. How should they do that? Well, um, they can they can check out my blog, which is AnnieGotHerGun.com, or um, you know my email is one 
AnnieGotHerGun at gmail.com. You know, here's another thing. People sometimes say they would get involved with this stuff if they thought their opinion mattered. Well, it sure did matter for the other side, so it's got to be vigilant. Yeah. That it did. Well, thanks, Anne. Thanks for coming on today with the Urban Shooter Podcast and educating us about Colorado and the possible fallout to the rest of the states. We appreciate it. Thanks a lot. Thanks for having me. You bet. And hey, Urban Shooter listeners, if you want to learn more about women who hunt, shoot, fish, kayak, climb mountains, you name it, outdoors, just check out womensoutdoornews.com. We have a lot of women like Ann Vanola contributing there and And I think you're going to like that. Anyway, for Barb Baird, Women's Outdoor News, I thank you, Ken. Oh, you're welcome, Barbara. And thanks, Anne. Come back anytime. Hey, if you're looking for ammo, check out LuckyGunner.com. And if you use the affiliate link at the bottom of BlackManWithTheGun.com or on GunRightsMagazine.com, you help your brother out with a few shekels. So use the link on blackmailthegun.com for luckygunner.com. Shoot, while I'm promoting stuff, how about a shout out to bulldogleathercompany.com and gimagclip.com. They both make holsters. They're a little bit different, each one, but check them out. Kudos, baby. Hey, this is the section where I say hey and thank you for all those who are making a difference that I have seen in the last couple of days. I want to give a shout out and a congratulatory hello and how'd you do to my brother from another mother, Cleon Noir. I was talking to the brother on the phone, and uh, I'm so proud of you, man. You just keep up doing it. He is now probably the first NRA spokesman of color to ever make it to the internet and and where? Well, wherever he's at. He's on nranews.com. Yeah, that's what I want to say. He's the first brother of color on that thing, and that's a big to-do both in the history um, and in uh, precedent. Big shout out to Bobby Ross from California. Thank you, sister. She is doing well with the Firearms Coalition. To a new group of activists who've kind of banded together, uh, Pastor Shannon Wright, Babette Holder, and Colleen Stephan, um, or Stevens, they got a thing called the lastcivilright.org. And that's how Frank found them, I believe. They also, a couple of them were with me at the C-SPAN thing that I was, again, Forrest Gumpin. I was totally oblivious to how big that thing was. But such is life. It's a good thing. Good on you, sisters. And Baraka Ulrich James from the Mid-Atlantic Shooting and Firearm Site. That's M-A-S-F dot C-O. Dude's doing really good stuff here on the East Coast of the nation. Shout out to uh, Alfonso Raphael, you know, Zone Nation dude. He is kicking butt and taking names. Big thank you and big thanks to Frank Femi Mingo, my brother from New Jersey, New Jersey Second Amendment Society. Man, thank you for all you're doing. And I'm sure I missed you. Thank you for standing in the gap, for helping us keep our Second Amendment freedom, for making your face and position known to our politicians, for taking off of work and for doing all that you've done. Even if you don't have a national platform, even if you're not a president of something, even if you're not on television or the Internet, thank you. And hopefully I'll have something 
every week or every other week or whenever something hits me for our Kudo Corner. Again, thanks, fellas and ladies. Yeah, that's what's up. Man, I feel like the Godfather sometimes. Hey, next up is Sister Bobby Ross from the Firearms Coalition out in California. Bobby, what is that? Okay, so Firearms Policy Coalition is basically um, kind of like an overview organization that we're basically trying to bring everyone together. So there's a lot of different state organizations. So in California, there's Cal Gun Foundation, there's Cal FFL, which represents firearms dealers. Um, in California, even Type 3 people who are, you know, carry on relic, everyone. And other state organizations like, um, I believe, West Virginia. There's a bunch of people. But basically, it's a way to provide tools um, for legislative tracking and for people, just the average gun owner, to oppose the ridiculous legislation that's being proposed. You can log on to the website, firearmspolicy.org, and go to your state. And there's it'll list all the bills that are coming up and now they've started um, listing regional issues and it'll say, here's the contact information for whoever's supposed to look at this bill at this time. Here's the committee's information. You can call them or you can use this tool below and plug in your information and it shoots off emails or what have you to those people. So it's just a good way to keep gun owners informed about what's happening in their specific state and federally. There's several bills. First of all, Relating to firearms and ammo right now in California, there are over 40 bills that are uh, going through the legislative process. Um, the main ones relating to ammo right now are SB 53, and that one is by Senator Kevin DeLeon, who is also responsible for um, AB 962. I don't know if you're familiar with that. Um, that was uh, the one with... Uh, where you were going to be required to have a thumbprint and only face-to-face sales of ammunition and a bunch of other stuff. It was challenged in court and um, ultimately overturned. Um, so it's kind of like a redo of that, but worse. It would require having a, a, a permit to buy ammunition. There would only be face-to-face ammunition sales and only at um, licensed dealers. It would also require an annual background check, um, and you would have to have assistance from the staff at the at the dealer in order to even handle the ammunition. So like you wouldn't actually be able to touch the box of ammo That's yourself crazy. until you actually finish yeah. Until you actually finish making your purchase. And then ammunition vendors would have to submit all their sales records to the California Department of Justice. So yeah, I mean it's pretty crazy. Um let's see what else. There's AB48, um, that one would require all ammunition sales to be conducted by a, a licensed federal firearms dealer. And again, basically ammunition sales reporting. And um, that one also has a provision where if it passed, large ammunition purchases would be uh, alerted, like the police would be alerted, basically. So I forget the exact number. I can pull it up, but at a certain point, I want to say it's a thousand rounds, but it could be more than that. Um, if you purchase that much, they alert the police. 
What are you guys doing, Cal Guns and all the activists in California doing about it? Well, obviously we're tracking everything. And actually, I just I just pulled up the bill. There's no um, round limit set yet. It's still they're still working on it. But um, we're obviously we're tracking everything, and we're doing what we can legislatively to oppose it. Um, fire, like I'd written before about Firearms Policy Coalition. That's uh, Cal Guns Foundation and Cal SSL are working along. They're members of FPC, working along with other FPC members to. Um, provide tools for California gun owners to oppose these horrible bills. And then they, in the event some of them pass, obviously we're going to challenge it in court. But the goal is to stop them before they get passed. Website is bobbyrossesq.com. So it's B-O-B-B-I-E-R-O-S-S-E-S-Q.com. Or by telephone at area code 310-706-4061. Or there's also email ATTY at BobbyRossESQ.com. But yeah, I mean, it's crazy right now in California. It's like all the stuff that's being proposed, it's 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 intense. <laughs> I know, and I'm so glad you're there, sis. I am. I'm really so glad you're there. Thank you. How are things going on where you're at? Just as crazy. It's as if we yeah. don't we don't even exist. They just proposed stuff and said to hell with you guys. We don't care. And then the funny part was we came out in force. Like 99% of the people who have um, farms came to Annapolis, and they weren't ready for that. They thought since economically or, or numerically there's only like a small percentage of gun owners in Maryland, um, they all came to Annapolis. So that kind of messed things up. So it, it wasn't – they couldn't ramrod it as good as they wanted, but it still happened. Right. Right. Well, well, it's good that they can just rewrite it. We, that was a concern in California as well because um, the Democrats actually had a super majority, and now um, they don't anymore, which we're thankful for. But still, I mean, we're doing whatever we can to stop this stuff. Cause, but, I mean, the less resources that you have to spend on fighting it in court, the better, you know, then that can be used for, you know, gun owner training, information, and all sorts of other good stuff as opposed to having to fight like five different ridiculous new laws. Yeah. What what um what's your firearm of choice? What do you have? Ooh, I actually I actually have a Glock. Uh, it's one of the baby Glocks, and I love it. But I actually um went to the range the other day and used a um Smith and Wesson. Uh, M and P. I'm trying to remember the model number. <laughs> I was three fifty seven Magnum, but it was a Oh my god, uh, the model number it was the longest one. Oh my god, um, six eighty six, I think. Oh, okay. And yeah, oh my gosh, I loved it. It was actually interesting because it's not particularly small, but it was actually the most accurate I've ever been with a firearm when I used it. So I'm thinking about getting one of those. Yeah, that's that's actually my wife's gun. That's our home gun. Really? Yeah. Yeah. I. I it's it's. It was. I was like, man, I feel like I'm at. What, I'm like, this is an extension of my hand. So I, <laughs> I was talking with a friend that's an instructor, and they told me if you feel like that about a firearm, like that needs to be your go-to gun. So yep, <laughs> I think it's, that's going to be my next purchase. And it was. It was the go-to gun for law enforcement until like 1985. I did not know that. Yeah, everybody had that. Mm-hmm. That revolver was it, and the and the 686 was a stainless version. All cops had it until they thought they were outgunned. 
by the bad guys and everybody went to semi-automatics. But beforehand, that was it. That was the gun every law enforcement had all over the country. I can see why. It's not them. Yeah. It works when it works. doesn't matter if your eyes are foggy. You can still work. Yeah, exactly. Uh, I, I was just amazed at the difference um, between that and some other things I've shot. And I was like, wow, this is, yeah. <laughs> Gonna purchase this. <laughs> yeah, there's nothing wrong with a wheel gun. Yeah. The, the problem is now everything's like sold out everywhere. Every time I go to, uh, like I go to the Turner's and it's just, it's a madhouse. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. All right. Thank you so much. Thank you for, uh, having me. All right. And just keep doing your thing. I'm so proud of you. you you're just jamming. Yes, she is. Thank you for listening and downloading. Hopefully, um, if I fail to mention something that you did, like a couple of you guys sent me a couple of jokes that I can't remember for to save my life right now, but I did laugh and I really appreciate it. Yeah, I did. I am done. You can stick a fork in me. You will find the show notes for this episode at blackmanwithagun.com or kenandblanchard.com. If you need a speaker, for inspiration, for gun rights, for firearms instruction, for, I don't know, to get you off the couch and back into the bedroom, I'm your man. It's all about love here, baby. Again, thanks to all that supported me for the American Gun Owner Project that are on Facebook at Black Mountain Gun One and that have left me messages and comments on the blog. I really appreciate it. Quick, quick shout out to my man, Bill Frady of Lock and Load Radio and Robert at truthaboutguns.com. You know, Aesop has a fable called The Boy and the Nettle. A boy was stung by a nettle. He ran home and told his mother, saying, although it pains me so much, I did but touch it ever so gently. That was just what caused it to sting you, replied his mother. The next time you touch a nettle, grasp it boldly, and it will be soft as silk to your hand and not hurt you in the least. The moral of the story is, whatsoever you do, do it with all your might. This concludes another episode of the Urban Shooter Podcast. Thanks for listening, downloading, and subscribing. If you need to reach me, call 888-675-0202 or email me at blackmanwithagun at gmail.com. Please leave me a review on iTunes, a thumbs up on stitcher.com. The show notes can be found at blackmanwithagun.com. Dot com. As I could have Maybe I 
I didn't treat you Quite as good as I should have And if I made you feel second best Girl, I'm sorry I was blind You were always on my Until next week, shalom, baby.